Well, good morning. Please turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17. Old Testament book of Exodus in chapter 17. The sermon notes are on the Nova Community Church app. You'll find those three points in the sermon also at novachurch.org. And we're 17 chapters in, one of the greatest stories ever told. And we've learned that a leader named Moses was called by God to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt. And after the 10 plagues, Pharaoh let the people go. But soon after, Pharaoh changed his mind and he begins in hot pursuit of the Israelites. And the Israelites are on the run and God parts this Red Sea for them as they pass by, pass through safely. And as the Egyptian army follows the Red Sea, it just caves in on them. Now the Israelites are led by God in the desert wilderness, crying out for food. We read this last week because they think they're going to starve to death. And the people cry out to God who is so compassionate and so full of mercy and grace for them. And we look at these Israelites and we see, looking back, of all the great and powerful things that God did. And we wonder, why is God so patient? Why is he so patient with them? But we see, as they cry, as they cry up for food, when the Israelites wake up in the morning and peer out of their tents, that all that they could see covering the ground are these little flakes like Krispy Kreme donuts all over the ground. And as they could eat as much as they needed, but they couldn't keep them overnight. They couldn't save them, except for on the sixth day that they would gather double. But here's the problem that they faced. When you get donuts every morning, you need something to wash it down with. And that's where we find ourselves today. And that's why chapter 17. Take a look at this in verse 1. It says, The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. And they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. The Israelites here are demanding God's provision. And they appear to have gone through the water supply that they had. And I think in some ways we could kind of relate to this. Have you ever demanded that God work for you? Have you ever got to the place in your life where you said, God, you've got to do this? Or have you ever demanded that God would do your will? How can we grow? How can we learn to wait on God patiently, even when we're upset and we're thinking we need something and God's saying, I got it all under control? Verse 2. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. And they said, 
Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Do you love how the, they threw in the livestock there? Just us and our children and our livestock die of thirst. The Israelites here weren't demanding provision. They were here questioning God's protection now. And they questioned why God led them out of Egypt. And they were kind of asking, was it, to watch, was it for you to watch us die? Is that why you did that? Have you ever thought that God was bringing pain in your life for no reason, for no apparent reason? Sometimes we forget. We forget that God redeemed us and he set us free and God is worthy of our total trust. So God, the Israelites demanded God's provision. They uh, questioned God's protection. And then we'll see in verse 4 how the Israelites doubted God's presence with them. In verse 4 it says, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massah, which means quarreling, and Meribah, which means testing, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? See, the Israelites doubted God's presence here, and they doubted if God was with them as he promised. Have you ever thought in your life that God has abandoned you in the desert place, when you really felt like there was a deficit in your life? Have you ever felt like God just, he's not there with you? See, the greatest problem of the Israelites is that they refused to remember or they didn't remember who God is and what he's already done. The psalmist, the, the, the artist, the the one who writes songs that are recorded in the book of Psalms, the one who writes this poetry, these lyrics, he writes about them in Psalm 106. And he writes in verse 13, but they soon forgot what he had done. That's what we do. We forget what he has done. They soon forgot what he has done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. God's got a plan for all of us. He's got this purpose in our life. And, and a lot of times, we don't wait. We don't remember for God's plan to unfold before us. Chapter 17 is basically the same as chapter 16. But the complaining had to do with food in 16. And this week, it's about water. And last week, we looked at the text from the perspective of the Israelites. And what if this week, because it's basically the same, what if this week we looked at the perspective of Moses, a leadership perspective here? What do you do, what do you do when people start to argue 
and complain against you. What do you do? I do all kinds of things, but what, who, who in your life that when they think of you, they think negatively, or they think complainy, or they think grumbly? Who, who is that in your life? You know, I, I've heard, Dean, he's such a weak leader. He never listens. He's only out for himself. He's never friendly. He never returns emails or phone calls. Never. I've heard it all and more. How about you? Everyone plays along today. How about you? Who is like that, negative and complainy and grumbly against you? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a business partner. How about someone on your team? Or maybe a family member. Maybe you had it this morning with your kids. Maybe if you're kids, you had it with your parents this morning. Maybe it's a workout buddy. Who is it for you? Maybe it's someone in your band. Maybe it's someone that you dance with. Maybe it's a classmate, someone you go to school with. Maybe it's a teacher or a principal. Maybe it's a neighbor. How about an apartment manager? Or, I think we get this from time to time, maybe it's a friend, a so-called friend, right? Who is it in your life? I want you to, everyone to get someone in their mind right now that's negative and critical about you. Everyone plays along right here because this relates to everybody. So when God's leading and I'm following, and if you're following God and he's leading, sometimes people are, 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 are following you and they're complaining. Sometimes people are connecting with you, they're friends or people you see Monday through Friday or whatever your work schedule is. And sometimes they attack. I've had people attack me. Um, people have said some of the most awful things about me. Some of the most bizarre things about me. And it goes from awful to bizarre to sometimes people lie about me. And it would just drive me so emotional. I would get so angry when they're attacking. Now, I just want to kind of go, like when I, I'll, I'll go to the gym when I'm upset and at my gym, there's an octagon uh, cage, like a fighting cage there. I just want to go UFC on these people. You know, I, I mean, that's just really what's inside of me. You know, I'm lifting weights. I'm on the elliptical trainer. I want a cage match in the octagon with these people that are lying about me, that are saying the most bizarre thing. I mean, North Torrance starts to come out of me at, at that time. I mean, I'm, I'm really, that's as tough as I get, I think, is, is North Torrance starts to come out. But Moses is following God. And when people attack Moses, he says, why do you put the Lord to the test? I think that's so interesting to me. When they attack Moses, what do you, what's your beef with the Lord, is what, what he's saying. Once again, the psalmist writes another song, a poem, about this very 
this very thing that we read here in Exodus 17 and in Psalm 95 in verse 7. It says, Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, which means testing, as you did that day at Massah, which means quarreling in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me, the writer, the songwriter writes. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. Do you understand the confidence and the security it brings when you know that the Lord is leading and you're following? When you're following God, any problem that someone brings up is God's problem. It's not our problem. Moses is following God. Now, he's had an up-and-down journey with following God, but what we know from the Scriptures is God calls Moses back to Egypt. And God assigns Moses to go to the most powerful man in the known world. And he says things and he does things, Moses does, that he's supposed to, according to God. And God shows up with plagues and with power. And he let the people go into the desert to the edge of the Red Sea. And then Moses, you know, God tells Moses, hold up the stick in your hand and it's not like the movies where, you know, whoever that actor, is it Charlton Heston, right? And he's got long hair and the fans are blowing through his, and he's like this, and then uh, lightning bolts come down and the sea just, it's not like that. Moses, I, I could imagine that when God tells him, hold up the stick in your other hand, Moses is like, seriously, Lord? You want me to do, that's going to do something? And God parts the Red Sea. So, if you're messing with Moses, you're messing with God. So, what is your perspective when you're following God and people are around you that you're leading, complain, and grumble? So let's take a look at this. I found no less than three points that we can make today. When God's leading and I'm following. Number one, I'll let God deal with the problems. Number one is, I'm going to let God deal with the problems. If I'm following God and God is leading, any problems that I might face is God's problem. It's not my problem. If God is leading and I'm following him, I could just pray, Jesus, take the wheel, right? I mean, just, it's, it's yours. It's all yours. But it, I just don't say, Jesus, take the wheel one time and it's all done. Because for me, when a problem comes up and people are grumbling and people are complaining and people are gossiping, I'm just yelling out to God, God, help me. God, you be the leader. God, you deal with the problem. This has to be my constant prayer. But we see here in chapter 17 that Moses takes the people's problems to God. If you, if you remember in Exodus 14, and in verse 14, Moses exhorts the people. He said, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And in this verse, I hear the confidence of the leader following God who is leading. And in chapter 15 of Exodus, in verse 2, it says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. 
And if it's only me leading and not God leading, I'm in leadership by myself. And God, God, well, he's a, he's a spectator then. And any attacks from others, I take personally if I'm the only one leading, if I'm leading by myself. The question is, how can I know it's me leading or if it's God leading? Is it me leading or is God leading? And the answer is this, it's who are you following? Are you following God or are you following good advice? Are you following best leadership practices or are you following the word of God? Or are you following the complainers and the grumblers and the loudmouths out there? Are you following the word of God? And God leads us through the scriptures. And the question for you is this. What advice and leadership are you following? And is the word of God leading you as you follow him? Number one, I'm going to let God deal with the problem. Number two, I'm going to tell God my frustrations. I'm going to tell God my frustrations. And this is where I look at Moses and say, dude, you got a lot more courage and strength than I do. After how God has shown himself to be powerful and compassionate and merciful and forgiving, and the people are complaining again, and now they're getting violent with rocks in their hands. They're ready to stone him. And Moses listens to the people, and then he complains to God. In, in verse 4 of our text in chapter 17, it says, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. I think it's interesting that in the book of Numbers, in chapter 11, it picks up on the same account that we're reading here in chapter 17 in Exodus with a detailed prayer of what Moses was thinking and what he was talking to God about in this instance. In, in verse 10, it says this. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents, and the Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. And here's his prayer. And he asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on me? What, what have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors. Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat, they say. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? And God says, that's a good prayer. Let's make that part of the Holy Bible. I love that. And if God is leading, God can handle my frustration, like Moses' prayer. He can even handle my anger and my dramatic cry 
my overdramatic cry, just kill me now, Lord, right? And he doesn't have to take that seriously because he knows me. When I'm following God who is leading, he allows me to vent my anger and frustration. It's important to note here that Moses does not, he doesn't unleash his anger and frustration on the people. He gives it to God. How that's so different than me that I just want to, like I said, I just want to go crazy on someone. And I think you can understand that that's probably what you want to do too. In the scriptures, you can find similar prayers from leaders like Elijah, like Jeremiah, like David, who took their strong emotions before God. And then, of course, there was Jesus, God in the flesh, the sinless one who became sin for us, our substitute who died on the cross in our place and three days later rose from the dead. Before he went to the cross, he was in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane, and he cried out to the Father, is there another way to save people? Do I really have to go through this this way? Because if there's another plan, God, let's do that. Let's do that instead. Whomever is in your life and grumbling and complaining and being critical of you and causing anger and frustration in your life, take it to God. Don't take it to the people. So what do I do? If God's leading and I'm following, number one, I'll let God deal with those problems. Number two, I'll tell God my frustrations. And the third one is this. I'll let God defend me and bring his justice. I'll let God defend me and bring his justice. See, if I'm leading and I'm not following God, I'll defend myself or I want to defend myself and bring my own justice. And it'll be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. And if I'm not following God, it's all up to me to defend myself and to seek revenge. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, in verse 17, he says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is, in right, who is, what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, when we don't seek revenge on our accusers, then we leave room for God to take care of them. And God says, it's mine to avenge. I'll, I'll, I'll do the repaying if there's any repayment that needs to be done. And there will be times and there will be places and there will be people who deserve justice, but I'm going to let God deal with it. And you might be saying to yourself right now as you have this scenario in your mind, you might be saying, but I'm right and they're wrong. 
Let God deal with it. But everyone is expecting me to stand up for myself. Let God deal with it. But they're gossiping about me. Let God deal with it. And I have story after story after story, and you don't have enough time for me to keep saying after story, where sometimes I wanted to take matters. I'll, I'll just say, I took matters into my own hands, and I didn't let God deal with it. And you know, I thought it would make me feel good, and for the moment it did, but in the end, I should have let God deal with it. Moses will certainly get things wrong in his leadership, and we'll find out more about that in the weeks to come. But on this one, he nailed it. So, from the first seven verses, from Exodus chapter 17, when God's leading and I'm following, number one, I'm going to let God deal with the problems. Number two, I'll let God, I'll tell God my frustrations. And number three, I'll let God defend me and I'll let him bring justice on the situation. The truth for all of us is this. God is always leading. He's always present and he's always there leading us. And the question for all of us is this. Who am I following? Am I following God or am I following myself? Amen.